we really try to treat a cancellation like a break and not a breakup. Because just if you think about how you interface with your own subscriptions, people hop on and hop off consumer goods subscriptions all the time. And I really want to make sure that uh, our customers are having just as good of a of an experience signing up for a product for the first time as they are taking a break from the product because you know if they leave having a bad taste in their mouth about who gives a crap they're never going to think about us as an option again Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Jenna Tenenbaum, head of growth marketing at Who Gives a Crap. In this episode, we talk about using social proof to see what customers are saying about your brand, implementing exit surveys to figure out exactly why folks are churning, and lastly, pay close attention to what Jenna has to say about just how crucial communication is to boosting retention. Jenna, thank you so much for being here with us at Retention Talk today. Super excited to have you on the show. I'd love for you to just kick us off with who you are and how'd you end up at Who Gives a Crap? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Neil. I'm really excited to be here too. And hopefully I can share some ideas with your audience around retention. Uh, my name's Jenna Tannenbaum. I'm a growth marketer and I've spent my entire career nearly growing e-commerce, direct-to-consumer, food tech, and subscription businesses. I started out in the tech space with a SaaS company called Chartbeat. I was the first marketing hire at ClassPass. I then started my own food subscription company called Green Blender. And now I am trying to change the world at Who Gives a Crap. And for those of you who are not familiar with Who Gives a Crap, we sell good-looking, environmentally-friendly toilet paper, paper towels, and tissues. And we donate 50% of our profits to build toilets to those in need. Um, That's really the mission of the business. And to date, we've donated nearly 5.8 million U.S. dollars to help fund sanitation projects in developing worlds. So really excited and really passionate about mission-driven businesses and, of course, subscription. That's awesome. And that's, I didn't know that. That's incredible impact in, in, in not that long of a time, right? In a space that is perhaps being disrupted after a long time. So that's really cool to see. Tell, tell me more, Jenna. Obviously, you know, you've thought about the subscription model a lot, given that it's pretty, pretty core to, to your business model. How does Who Gives a Crap think about retention? And specifically, like, you know, you being on the marketing team, what's your North Star when it comes to retaining your customers? Well, our general marketing North Star is to deliver and delight. And We really think about that in making it really easy to order toilet paper. That is the main product that we sell. But to do it in a way that is human, that is entertaining, that makes you have a smile on your face. So if we are talking to you when maybe you're not ready to top up again or buy another pack of toilet paper, at least your attention time is spent in an entertaining way. We don't take that lightly. We really think about how we communicate with our customers and we really center this around deliver and delight and that humans made it. (laughs) Humans are behind the company. I think sometimes companies kind of, that gets lost in the marketing glam. 
I love that. So it sounds like an, an obsession around, you know, user experience, even in the most mundane of things, I, I think has particularly helped you guys carve out a niche here. To your point, right? And, and there's going to be instances where customers cancel or pause their subscription. Like, tell me more about what that what that looks like on a tactical level, if and when that time comes. Like, yeah, just what does that look like? And, and what do you guys do to perhaps get ahead of that or ultimately save those customers? Right. So we kind of touched a little bit before around how do we save customers from churning. And I definitely want to get into some tactical ways that we've done that. But the first thing that we do first and foremost is really making sure that we have a strong product that actually answers or fulfills a problem with our customer. And so your listenership is probably ranging from small startups to larger companies And since I've worked in both of those phases, I think in order to get your product right, there's a couple things that you can do. When you're a small company, it's talk to your customers regularly. When you're in the startup phase, I think the one thing that's super exciting in that phase is that you're lucky enough to talk to every single one of your customers. You can actually call every single one at one point. Um, When you get larger, you really can't do that. But even large companies should make it a point to talk to a few customers every month. I personally love looking through the who gives a crap hashtag, just reading what people are writing about our brand. I click into their profiles. I look at pictures that they've posted a year ago just to get a sense of who our customer base is. And I really want to make sure that I don't lose sight of the customers. So just to build off of that, has there been something that you guys have really you know, taken to heart when it comes to customer feedback and implemented in the product based on those conversations? Oh, all the time. I think the biggest thing is that we are an eco-friendly company. We create recycled toilet paper and bamboo toilet paper. And I think one of the things that we have really created a strong mission around is constantly looking for ways to reduce our carbon footprint and communicate that to our customer base. So I have to tell you the amount of meetings I've spent talking about how to eliminate plastic tape on our packaging or in our our shipping boxes We've done, you know, lots of research around things that you wouldn't even see as a consumer uh, when you're having you know, pallets in a warehouse, they're typically wrapped in plastic. And we've done a lot of research to start replacing that practice with big rubber bands that can be reused so that we can constantly reduce our footprint. And we really take it to heart and that our customers are relying on us to continue to do that kind of work. So that when we do say that we are working on a more sustainable way to, you know, buy your toilet paper and have toilet paper, we really mean it. And that's definitely not something that you just sit and wait, you check a box, you know, and you're constantly improving that. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I'm sure it's like some of these things you probably don't even think about, but your customers are going to be the ones to like call it out, right? And I, I think if you can close that loop and, 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 and see that like you care about what they have to say, I think that's probably best for the long run. Definitely. You know, I was scrolling through Twitter as one does, and I saw Amanda Natavidad. She's the head of content at ShipBob. And she actually wrote a tweet that I love. And she was talking about actually creating a customer advisory board for you so that you have a handful of customers, maybe from different segments of your audience that you can regularly rely on to bounce ideas off of, do sneak peeks of product launches, ask uh, if, you know, even copy is clear enough. 
And I think that's really an interesting way to keep your customer really close to your product. Makes total sense. We've we've experimented with pieces of that in the past. And I think it's even in the ones where we've done the most research, like hearing from customers firsthand, like totally changes your perspective on things. So of that, course. that makes a ton of sense. I mean, we're in our business. Like you at ProfitWell, you're just thinking about ProfitWell all the time. And, and I'm thinking about toilet paper and the company all the time and looking at, you know, hundreds of emails on a regular basis. And it's really important to remind yourself that not everyone is thinking about subscription or thinking about uh, toilet paper, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. <laughs> so uh, making sure that your copy is really clear and hits home and you're really actually solving problems that are problems in the eyes of your customer. Yep. No, that makes that makes total sense. Building off of that, given that you guys have such a laser focus on like delivering a really, really good experience, what's something that you guys maybe struggled with when it comes to retention that, that you know, you guys tackled head on and ultimately overcame? So one thing that it feels controversial to say from a subscription perspective, but from a customer perspective, it's like the most straightforward thing is that we really try to make canceling as easy as possible. And I, <laughs> I know it's crazy to think, but like I said, in the beginning of the show, we really don't see cancellation as a breakup. We see it as a break specifically with toilet paper. It's not that you are not going to use toilet paper again, if you cancel your subscription on who gives a crap. And we also make it really easy for ways that you can re-engage with the brand after this cancellate, like this breakup of your cancellation, whether you're ordering on our e-commerce store or you're just taking a break because maybe we didn't get the frequency correct for you and you just need to use up all of the toilet paper that you just bought. But we really try to treat a cancellation like a break and not a breakup because just if you think about how you interface with your own subscriptions, people hop on and hop off consumer goods subscriptions all the time. And I really want to make sure that uh, our customers are having just as good of, a, of an experience signing up for a product for the first time as they are taking a break from the product. Because, you know, if they leave having a bad taste in their mouth uh, about who gives a crap, they're never going to think about us as an option again. And it's really important to me that we, again, humans run the business, humans run this company that we treat everyone like a human because I know everyone has had a situation where they've been trying to cancel a subscription. And it's like, you have to jump through a hundred hoops, call a 1-800 number, wait online for five minutes before you can actually make the cancellation. So um, that's really important to us. No, I, I love that. And honestly, I think it's such like a mindset shift because I feel like the industry, at least when it came to like product and, and, and marketing professionals, like we went through a phase of optimizing everything. And, and so we, as in the industry made, I think, canceling difficult to sort of like optimize that metric. And, and I think to your point, like, especially when, when you shift that mindset from a breakup to a break, you know, they're going to continue using it down the road, right? That, that relationship with the customer doesn't necessarily end at that phase. I think I philosophically completely agree. How do you reconcile that with trying to learn why someone might be canceling. I think that's what I sometimes struggle with. And, and so like I've seen products where like they give me a survey or they call me or nothing, right? So, so like tell me more about how you think about, you know, in that moment making it easy, but also trying to learn something from, from that customer perhaps leaving you. Yeah, 
So we, of course, have a, an exit survey. And I say, of course, but if you don't have an exit survey, I strongly recommend implementing one because I think a lot of things, it's really interesting to see the different types of reasons why people cancel. I think there's a few churn reasons that don't keep me up at night. And that's things like I'm just taking a break or I have too much toilet paper. Those are all frequencies or I don't like subscriptions in general. I want to order um, on the e-commerce side of things. Those kinds of reasons why people are quote unquote breaking up with us in the subscription and churning off. It's really like they just don't like the mechanism of subscription, but they're not actually churning from the business. They're just re-engaging with us in a different way. Things like failed credit card payments, that's more of a passive churn. And I wouldn't also bucket that into a problematic churn. It's an issue, but it can be solved. And it's not showing an underlying issue with your product. And the last bucket is that I don't like the product. My partner doesn't like the product. And that's what I would deem a true churn where someone is probably not going to come back to the product at all. So we look at those numbers every month um, to see if things are spiking or not spiking or if it's kind of staying level. And then we every quarter look and see what we can tackle, what are some bigger problems that we need to address and what are some things that might be small tweaks like failed credit card payments, for example. Got it. No, that that is super helpful to think about like how you segment that, because I think for your product, too, what's interesting is it's the adoption of a subscription is perhaps new for customers, right? Like toilet paper historically hasn't been something that a lot of folks buy on subscription. And so even just a behavior changer, the psychology around that perhaps is different. And then the last one, yeah, if they just have too much of the product, I think that makes sense. I have to ask on the second piece around the failed credit card payments, like what do you guys do there just because it's a personal interest of mine and everyone handles this a little differently. So what's the process look like for, for making sure people People can continue, you know, getting product if that happens. We really try to make it very easy for people to update their credit card information. And this kind of goes into the whole shipping experience. First of all, the one thing that customers hate most is when they get a surprise package of 48 rolls of toilet paper when they already have maybe 48 rolls of toilet paper at their house. And so what we try to do is we communicate early and often so that the experience is as optimal as possible. So let's say we're seeing a failed credit card payment, we will alert the customer early as possible so that they can make that update and make that experience as seamless as possible. So Who Gives a Crap actually operates in, in several countries where we launched in Australia in 2013. So we are present in Australia, in the US, in Canada in the UK and in Europe. And so one of the things that we get to be able to see is what's the churn rate across countries? What's the reason why people are churning across countries? And we are actually seeing a higher churn rate uh, because of failed credit card payments in Australia, incidentally. And we are like, what's going on? Like something is very specific to that country. Maybe it's the customer behavior or something like that. And we made it a point to dig into that a little bit deeper. And what we found was that one of our emails didn't actually have a hyperlink. It was just like a hyperlink to their updated payments system. And so we were seeing a lot more uh, delinquent churn because of that. And I think that just highlights how important user experience is and how important it is as a lifecycle marketer or someone in CRM to really um, look at that flow with fresh eyes on an ongoing basis. And then the other thing that's really important is to make sure that you are tracking these 
reasons for churn on a regular basis and you're looking at them at a regular basis, you're not going to have zero churn, you know? And so it's important to understand if you have something that's systemic, maybe that is something that's showing something underlying to the product and customer relationship, or if something feels like an anomaly, like this elevated credit card payment in Australia, it could have been something else. We were thinking, you know, a lot of different examples of Maybe, you know, our, our payment connection was not working as well as it should in other countries. Maybe, I don't even know, we were just kind of brainstorming ways. And at the end of the day, we were lucky that it was something, a pretty simple fix. But nonetheless, it's important if you don't track that kind of information on a regular basis, you may be not only seeing higher churn than you would have otherwise, but you're also creating bad user experience. Again, that comes back to, you know, our marketing North Star of deliver and delight. Delight can be fun and exciting and unexpected and lots of jokes. And I mean, we have so many puns. I mean, we are a toilet paper company that's called Who Gives a Crap? So we have we have a lot of fun. But I think also delight can mean making sure it's really easy to do the things that you want to do on the site and and with the product and company. Awesome. No, I, I love how data-driven you guys are. I, even just that, right? Having that segmentation capabilities and, and, and being disciplined around like iterating on a, an experience until the metric improves is, is, I think, super important. To run this out, Jenna, as you think back, like what is something you're really proud of uh, having built that Who Gives a Crap? Just could be anything. It doesn't have to be about retention, but it sounds like you, you guys are, are, are really crushing it, at least have a lot of the fundamentals down. Yeah. What are you, what are you proud of? Oh my gosh. I'm proud of so much at this company, really. Again, I talk a lot about, you know, humans run this company and the amount of pride that everybody has being able to work for a profit for purpose company that, you know, we've donated over 5.8 million US dollars to date to charity. We, our big, hairy, audacious goal, our BHAG is to make sure that everybody has access to a toilet by 2050. And I think what I'm most proud of is the people that run Who Gives a Crap and the people that work at Who Gives a Crap and how genuine everybody is. It's really a pleasure to work every day with them and tackle big goals because even when something's not working or you know, we're trying to hit really ambitious goals, everyone just is, you know, really just pleasure to work with. And it's something that should be a given in your job, but unfortunately it's not. And um, who gives a crap really nails it. Love it. Well, th thanks, Jen. I really, really appreciate the time. How do people find you or who gives a crap if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, you can find who gives a crap at whogivesacrap.org. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Jenna Tannenbaum. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen. I really, really appreciate the time. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Jenner for lending their time to the podcast. With their help, we've leveled up our retention skills. To recap, we talked about using social proof to see what customers are saying about your brand. Search your company name, a hashtag, or other key phrases on Twitter to see what folks are saying about you. Automation and outsourcing is your friend here if the operation becomes too time intensive. Otherwise, set up a time periodically to review any social proof that might be out there. Second, implementing exit surveys to figure out why folks are churning. There are all sorts of reasons why folks will stop using a product. 
Adding a little bit of friction to the cancellation process can have a big impact on unlocking retention solutions. In the case of Jenna and Who Gives a Crap, some folks may just be re-engaging in a non-subscription manner. And lastly, communicate early and often. The team at Who Gives a Crap makes sure to stay on top of their delinquent churn with Dunning emails. When they noticed a high trend rate in Australia, they did some digging and found out that the hyperlink to update payment systems weren't working. Fortunately, they caught it early to consistent tracking and checking in on their metrics. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter at neildesai23 and let's dish on today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And if you know a great guest, send me a message at neilaprofowell.com. This has been a Profitwell Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 